Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite new podcast, Alec Mappa Hot Mess with Matthew Dempsey, psychotherapist. I'm Alec Mappa. I'm an actor and comedian and I live in Hollywood. And I'm Matthew Dempsey. I'm a multicultural counselor. I'm a psychotherapist and I've got a nasty sty in my eye. <laughs> you look like you got into a bar fight. Like it looks like somebody you brushed somebody up. Like you should walk around saying you should see the other guy. Honestly, I wish it were that cool, but it's not. I think I just got a little bit too much SPF in my eye. Oh dear. It was lotion. It was yes, lotion. Yes, it was lotion, Alec. Just All right. lotion. Okay, that's the story and we're sticking to it. I was telling you right before the show started, I've gotten styes in my eye, but it wasn't yes. lotion. Very different uh, situation. Yes. <laughs> is a very sensitive area. So welcome back. You were in Mexico on a little vacation. Thank you. I was. And that's where I think it all happened. That's where I think it went down. But it was worth it because it was a week away and it was uh, it was great to decompress. A whole week away. Were you by the ocean? I was. I was like maybe five minutes walk away. I was in this beautiful house. It was great. We were all very careful with COVID. So that yes. was good. We've been tested afterwards. Negative. Did you fly? So, Did you fly? So yeah, we flew. And it was uh, it was. Okay, Delta's great because they're keeping distance in between seats. American is terrible, they don't care. <laughs> there was a distance in between the seat yeah. you had an empty seat, but that's still not six feet apart. Yeah, it's not six feet apart. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Well, I, I did a soap opera <laughs> and then I did a television show and I really felt like I was in an episode of Contagion. Like I- Last week, this was just last, last week? week? Last week, okay, while you were yeah. away, I was very busy. Yes. Um, I did a soap opera and I did, a, I guess, start on a reality television show. Yeah. I was, uh, they took my temperature uh -huh. with a little thermometer thing. Yeah. Now, how long has that been around? Because when I was a kid, I had to, the, my, I had rectally. <laughs> <laughs> that was the same for me too growing really? up. I don't know, this whole kind of just like scan your like, why did they arm is put that up there. I think that's what made us gay. Matthew, <laughs> <laughs> rectal thermometer. I think we had the sensation. I blame the straights. They yes, did it to us. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it was it was very uh I even had a face shield that I had to be on um that I had to carry around with me. Yeah. It, it was interesting. I know. It's kind of crazy. So um, I love that you were on a vacation because today our topic is self-care versus self-indulgence. Yes. So what was your vacation like? Was there any self-indulgence or was there any self-care? Uh, I mean, there's a bit of self-indulgence. I mean, I for sure ate quite a bit more than I think my stomach was really allowing me to. <laughs> so <laughs> indulged in that. I definitely had some drinks, maybe smoked a little. Um, you smoked? A little bit, yeah. yeah Cigarettes? Yeah, yeah. No, a little bit oh. of weed. Like we, okay. yeah, we could, we found we found some stuff. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've never seen you, I've never seen you stoned. I think that would be interesting. Have you not? Well, I guess we're no. just gonna have to set it up asap then. A little, I've never maybe seen like you a little, stoned, a, a little and I've zoom never seen you in drag. So we have to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll send you some pictures later of both, maybe. What What are you like stoned? <laughs> uh, I. Honestly, I think like I'm actually pretty fucking cool. Like, cause I yeah. think that, yeah, because I just laugh a lot. I eat a lot. It's like the whole kind of munchy thing, like, yeah. you know, the stereotype of that is to a T what my yeah. experience is. I never cease to wow anybody who's around me. Right. And um, I don't know, in my opinion, in the moment, I think I'm just like full of brilliant ideas. And then like oh. afterwards, it's just kind of just word vomiting. So I don't know. That's me on cocaine. <laughs> I, on cocaine, I am I am a certified member of Mensa. Like yeah. I am a genius, <laughs> and I should be in charge of the world. Um, 
marijuana goes two ways for me. I can either, uh, if it's sativa, I can just be kind of happy, you yeah. know, and just kind of, okay. But if, if it, if I go like a nanogram over too much, yeah, kind of, then what happens? I, be, I become paranoid. If I don't like it. And I think oh, I'm ugly. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I've never had, that's never been my thing. I've never had the paranoia thing. Never? No. And that's kind of, I think why I like it so much is because it's just you're pure a big joy Irish tank. That's why you have a, <laughs> You can get hit by a car and survive. <laughs> tuning in, um, Matthew Dempsey, when he first moved to Los Angeles, was hit by a car and walked away. That's true. My per- not, not, not me in a car. My person was hit Your by pers- a car. <laughs> car hit his body. He got up and he walked away. <laughs> so yes. uh, that's why you don't get stoned. I bet the you can drink a lot side. too. I bet you can hoist a few. I can. I'm, I, yeah. I, yeah, I, Not I can me. throw them back. I'm yeah. a little Asian man. So um, wh- what, is, what is the difference, Matthew, in your professional opinion between self-indulgence and self-care? All right, listen. So the, probably the way that I would frame it is kind of a difference between selfish and self-care, right? So selfish is really when, you know, we're just kind of like doing stuff that feeds our ego. If we're just kind of like, if we're overindulging in things, if we're overindulging in just ourselves, um, and that's really just for the sake of just kind of like an immediate gratification, right? Mm. It makes us feel like just kind of like happy for a moment or it makes us feel safe and secure. Um, on the other side, when we're actually doing things of self-care or self-interest, that's something where it's actually replenishing our heart. It's filling us up in a way that we need to. And the reason why that's something that's really important is because we can't give what we don't have. So if we're constantly trying to please others or make sure other people are taken care of, but we haven't started with ourselves first, then the well is empty. And then what we're doing isn't love. What we're doing is bartering because love is a gift, right? We give it away with no expectations. If we don't have our tanks full, then what we're doing is we're giving to others so we can get something in return. We can get you know, people's approval. We can make sure that people are going to stick around and not throw us out. And that's a bartering system. So we don't want to do that. When you say that, why are you, is this? Because we're literally the only ones on screen right now. Where else am I supposed to look? I've given given conditionally in the past. Conditionally? Like how? In in toxic relationships, you know, Uh in, in my, you know, in my, uh, in my uh, sex and love addict phase. So what's an, I think this is actually like a a great thing to touch on. Tell me what an example was of that for you. I'm just kind of giving with expectation that if I do this extraordinary thing for you, I'm expecting the same in return. What's what's an example? What's an example specifically? Gosh, I don't know. It could be like running errands for somebody or, Mm -hmm. or, or doing something, uh, driving somebody to the airport. Um, uh, uh, I don't know. I think just extending myself emotionally and physically and spiritually in a way, you know. And then make, what's the and then what's the expectation? The expectation. The un, I was about to say the underlying uh, message is you owe me. Yeah, you owe me, and I yeah. would be. I would be, and I knew it was resent. I knew it was conditional because I would always end up in a state of resentment. Exactly. I would always, I would always be like, God damn it. I did all this for you. And I asked you for one thing. Yes. And I know what I'm giving unconditionally because I don't care. I'm kind of like, all right, I'm fine. Exactly. And that's, and I think actually probably one of the best classic examples of this is holding the door for somebody like a stranger at the store or wherever. Welcome. Yeah. And then it's you're welcome if they don't say thank you or if you don't hear a, you know, a thank you, because that means that we're giving conditionally. Right. Don't, it's like you, I'm, think, don't you think that's just common courtesy, though? It is common courtesy and it is annoying. Right. If they're not doing it, if we're holding the door, though, and expecting that that's when it's not love. 
right? That's when we're giving for something in return. And the reason why it's important for us to be able to, you know, kind of like give, you know, without any kind of strings attached is because then what we're doing for ourselves is we're promoting the idea that love is abundant. I can give this away because I'm so full within myself that it's okay. I can give it away. I don't need the thank you, right? I'm doing this just to promote love in the world. I'm doing this to promote that there's plenty to go around and that I'm already enough. And, and- I think you replenished yourself over vacation. <laughs> uh, Matthew, you are a font of wisdom this morning. Oh, thank you Re- so Replenish much. the heart. <laughs> I, I'm hearing so many. Yes. But that's, but that's why it's really important for us to make sure that we are investing into self-care, legitimate self-care and self-love, because then we actually have something to give. Then we actually, you know, can, can give freely without needing. Okay. So what, what have you done in the past? Okay. I, I'm going to, you tell me one Go thing ahead. you've done in the past that's uh, legitimate self-care yeah. and another thing that has been legitimate self-indulgence. Okay. A legitimate self-care was, um, all right, here's the thing, like, you know, this is a crazy year, right? Mm-hmm. Tensions are high. People are losing their shit. Business is booming for me. <laughs> and so there's been a lot of people coming through the door, which is great. I've been really happy about it um, in terms of getting to be that kind of support for other people. And yes. then also just because work is going well for me, you know? So yes. across the board, I've been happy there's about it. There's a lot it. of fucked up people right now who need to talk to you. So, <laughs> so there's things- a lot of people who are struggling is a nice Business way to frame it. Business is booming. But anyway... So, you know, and I'm working a lot, I'm working a lot, I'm working on, and it's easy for me to get lost in this idea of, oh my God, I have to keep working so long as the work is there and let me just keep pounding it out and you know, um, doing all of that. And I had to make a very conscious decision and, and listen to my body, which yeah. was telling me I'm getting tapped out, I'm getting exhausted and I'm going to burn out if I don't actually plan a trip. So that's what I did, even though I wanted to keep working and, you know, make money while it's there, that kind of stuff. I was like, no, I actually have to listen to myself and take care of myself. And that's why I took the week off last week and, and went away to Mexico. So that's a good example of self-care. Something that is less so, wait, what's the question? Self-indulgence? Self-indulgence. What's a, what's a, what's a, what's an example of you being self-indulgent? Uh, let's see. An example of self-indulgence is, okay, I'll be honest with you because of everything that's been going on just kind of how tense things are and whatever. I've also kind of just been feeling, um, uh, like more tense. I've been feeling more exhausted. I've been feeling more scared. And as a result, my defenses are getting stirred up and I find myself sitting in more negative thinking than I normally do. And I kind of indulge in that negative thinking and, you know, and I'll, you know, you know, as an example, even on this trip, that was a measure of self care. I was getting upset with my friends for not being cooler, more chill. Like they would kind of argue with each other or they'd bark at me and, you know, and, you know, tensions are high. So it happens, but I would indulge in that. I would clap back. I would bark. I would talk wow. to one friend about another friend and, drama. you know, in a negative way. So I kind of, you know, it wasn't overwhelming drama, but there, but there was some of that. And I indulged in that, you know, in a moment it made me feel good. Cause it's like, yeah, I'm just getting it out. I'm just venting. But it really fed this belief that like, oh, my friends are, you know, annoying or they're not good or I think, whatever. I think, I think um, taking a vacation with friends is a grueling test. <laughs> especially when it's a group during and especially during this year. Yeah. 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 And, and all your friends are hot. So I'm sure there's a story. Uh, OK. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, self-care for me is a nap. Ten minutes. Ah. Self-indulgence is sleeping all day. Just oh, not getting up. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Self-care for me is kind of like taking myself to the movies just to get out of the house and self-indulgence. Well, you know, there's no rational reason to have sex with three different people in one day. (laughs) There just isn't. You don't need to. It's not it's not it's not necessary. 
Listen, I think kind of anything, you know, you just have to go by just kind of like your own metrics of life, right? There's a certain healthy balance and and we generally have a sense whether we're kind of overindulging in something. So mm-hmm. any kind of indulgence is fine, right? You want to you wanna have a bowl of ice cream after dinner, great. If you're trying to feed yourself on like a couple pints of ice cream and that's it, it's probably a little too much. I've been there, but like it's probably <laughs> a little too much. Let's kind of rein it in, right? We don't have to beat ourselves up and shame ourselves, but let's find that balance. I'm so thrilled. Yes. We have a great guest today. I'm a huge fan of hers. She's yeah. We do have a great we do have a great guest today. It's Naomi Ekperigan. She's an exceptionally gifted comedian, writer, actress, and of course, podcast host. Naomi and her husband Andy launched their podcast in September 2018. And I just love how each episode begins. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my husband said to me on my wedding night. Um, <laughs> Naomi is also known as a regular on the podcast, Two Dope Queens. That's how I found out about her. I saw her on HBO and I absolutely fell in love. She stars on Apple TV's Mythic Quest and wrote for Comedy Central's Broad City. Essence Magazine named her to its list of eight black comedians who are ready for SNL. I want to see that happen. Please welcome to the podcast, the fabulous Naomi Ekparrigan. Yay! Yay! Yay. Wow, 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 wow. Oh, it is <laughs> popping off. What a morning, what a day. <laughs> is is Ekparrigan your, your maiden name or is it your married yes. name? No, no. Um, my married name will be Beckerman. I'll be the best mm. Jewish wife you ever done hey. met. <laughs> Naomi Beckerman. That'll be what I'll take at some point. But no, I'm still ripping these Nigerian roots, honey. Oh, oh it's Nigerian. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, Nigeria is a big fashion capital right now. It is. And also like movies. Like mm-hmm. they have their own kind of like little Hollywood. A lot yeah. of the movies that Africa happen oh, in wow. Nigeria. Very fab. Yeah, everybody's oh, looking cool. towards um, Nigeria for what to wear next. So um, that self-indulgence versus self-care, go. Okay, well, <laughs> I was hoping that the medical professional could tell me because I feel like I am all self-indulgence with my self-care, if that uh-huh. makes any sense. Because for me, like, honey, you know I'm always in depression mode. That's what I call my depression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm in depression mode. And so, like, my idea of self-care is full on, like, oh, I love to order food. Oh, Mm -hmm. honey, nothing says you're going to be okay like ordering food. Mm -hmm. Anyone else feel a power? The act of saying, bring it to me. That's really as close (laughs) as I feel to being taken care of. You know what I mean? So I ordered that, but then I also think I'm like, nothing you order, or at least not for me, honey, your girl not ordering sweet green. Okay, I'm not coming through getting a salad brought to the door. (laughs) So like anything I order, I'm like, well, this wasn't super healthy. And then- Wait, details. Um, I want to know what the order is. Okay, so since moving to LA, I've become a real big taco head. Mm -hmm. And you know, some of those little tacos, they're just little petite, little two-bite moments. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to get about six of those. (laughs) And then really around taco number four, I realize I've gotten in over my head. Uh, You know, like I didn't need six. I'm getting into the empanadas too, because those are fried. Oh, yeah. Oh, anything fried. Oh, God, give me a crispy coating. Yeah. Um, But... (laughs) So that's like my big, my big thing. Or a lot of Thai food, you know, and a big plate of noodles. You always feel at some point, like yeah. I'm always three bites too far gone. Right, right. You know, and yeah. that's, yeah, that's the problem there. 
I don't know how to fix it. I guess, that. okay, I guess that to me kind of sounds like a difference between indulgence and overindulgence, right? And of course, there's like a healthy degree of indulgence, right, to do that. And I suppose that could be kind of folded into self-care. When I think of self-care, I think of like legitimate things that are actually good for us, like that are actually like super healthy for us, you know, like things like meditation. Wait, doctor, stop. Attitude journal. Stop, and this is where, and this is where, this is where I take issue. Okay, okay because... <laughs> Those things don't feel good to me. Like, I know, for instance, like, I wish I was that bitch that was like, I'm so stressed. I have to go for a run. Right. Like, that's not my personality. Yeah. Like, when I try to go, like, be active, I just sweat too much and get an asthma attack. That doesn't feel good. <laughs> that doesn't feel like self-care. That feels like literally I'm trying to kill myself. Right. And like, or like when I go to eat a, a salad, I know they can be good. Yeah. But I don't like cold meat. And just the lettuce. I feel more like a cow eating a salad <laughs> than I do eating a burger. Do you know what I mean? I feel you. And so I don't know how to make the actual good stuff feel good. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Interesting. Oh, I feel okay. that way about vegan stuff. Like there's this amazing chef, uh, Tabitha Brown. Do you know her? I love Tabitha Brown. She, like, She's amazing. She She's makes, like America's mother. Yeah. She makes vegan food look so delicious and so much fun. Yeah. And she's she presents it with such enthusiasm. But I don't know how to make that stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As for like the spiritual stuff, like I, my, I have ADHD. I'm actually on medication for it. And meditation is super, super hard for me to mm -hmm. like breathe and just watch my breath. And I, yeah. found that when I started chanting, that mm -hmm. changed everything because really? my mouth is moving. My, it's, <laughs> it's like another it's engaged, thing. It's active. It's yeah. another, it's, 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 it's an active thing. Well, why that's going on, I can actually notice my thoughts which is yeah. what you're supposed to be doing yeah. while this okay. other thing is going on. Listen, this is also what I would say too, is that, you know, of course there's like just the, the standard things that we think about, like exercise, eat well, meditate, mm -hmm. that kind of shit, right? Um, and that stuff is great, but also really folded into that is anything that we're doing that legitimately makes us light up. And of course, I'm not just talking about just kind of the indulgence stuff. But yeah. anything that we're doing, especially as an artist, right, as, you know, as a writer, as an actor, comedian, like that these are things that you are engaged in, you know, the kind of stuff that you do where you just lose time as you're doing, like for me, it's cooking, like that kind of stuff. When we're doing that, that is such an important act of self-love and true self-care because it's an authentic expression of your heart. Okay, okay, okay. I'll allow that. In which case, then I would say self care for me. Well, first of all, I was like, I hate a skinny bitch that loves to cook. Every time a skinny bitch talk about loving being in the kitchen, I'm like, get out of here. Okay, but I, I guess for me, it is so, it is socializing. I notice, especially in this time, because on one hand, yeah. I am kind of a kind of a loner. Like I can really be in my house and watch TV all day, uh -huh. and, and and I have to kind of talk myself into being social. But right. then once I'm there, I'm so happy. Like yeah. I, will I will fucking kick and scream my way to your house. And then when I get there, you cannot get me to leave. You know what I mean? Like exactly that's the same way. Like on really? the way there. And even when I'm doing comedy on the way yeah. there, I'm super grumpy about it. Like mm -hmm. I could be home in my pajamas. Yeah. And then when I get there, I'm like, I'm fine. I'm, I'm yeah. having a great time. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah. think that's a, I think that's a great description of it too, especially because if we're doing things like comedy or socializing or whatever our things are, there's always going to be a part of us, the kind of like the, the deeper rooted shameful stuff within us that tells us like, don't put yourself out there. Don't do that stuff. It's not going to be good enough. People aren't going to like it, whatever. And that's really the stuff that makes us resist these things at times. Mm -hmm. So when we actually can just kind of push through some of that stuff, like gently, but push ourselves through and still like engage the stuff, then that's yeah. why it's like, oh yeah, this does feel good. Okay, good. And then it's, that's self-care. We're actually expressing ourselves and making ourselves visible. Also, Naomi, I'm calling it. You're a comedy writer who's moved out to California. You're going to get a job on running a show. You're going to oh. become a vegan because all of the food's going to be delivered. <laughs> yeah. And then your entire um, cast and crew Definitely. is going to be in the same um, spin class in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> the next time we see you, your shit's not going to stink and you're going to be like 10 pounds. Honey, that's what I was hoping in quarantine. I was like, okay, I got six months to revamp. Okay, I'm going to get yeah. the system going. Your yeah. girl just started watching more anime. It's yeah. like, amazing the things I will find to distract yeah. myself. The question is, how do you like, okay, so Alec, you're talking about how, for instance, with meditation, you found chanting and that kind mm -hmm. of made it work for you. Yes. How can I make some of this stuff that I know is actually good for mm -hmm. me, right? Especially I think physical activity, because I know I need to move my body. Mm -hmm. You know, I really am like, you got to do something. Yeah. But I don't like to sweat in public and I'm not in shape, right? So there's going to be that hump until doing it isn't so painful, right? Like, and so unpleasant. And I just like, don't know how to get over the hump. I don't know. It's, I have a dog. No, I walk. Like, I think sweat, not... sweating has, 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 if you don't like sweating in public, but you mm -hmm. will sweat in private. Mm -hmm. I will. I mean, it just happens. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just, you know. There's no escaping it. Yeah. There's no escaping it. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I think this is legitimate, especially in L.A., because yes. like, I don't know if you've been on the Runyon Canyon hike lately. Yes. That's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. Wait, Naomi, let me ask you. So is it is it specifically the concern with how you appear or is it the actual act of itself that that you don't like? Which one's I mean, worse? It's really both. But for instance, I think. I think it's maybe the way. I appear. I mean, okay. I don't know about this. I don't know Alec, you feel this way too. And I think it's happened to me with a lot of comics. The act of being a comic is like, you're constantly watching stuff. You're kind of hovering over yourself. You're hovering mm -hmm. over situations. Mm -hmm. So even if I'm in the house exercising, I'm like, you fat piece of crap. Like, <laughs> I'm like watching it happen and going, bitch, you are not doing it right. Yeah, you know? right and I right. don't know how to just like be in it and be like, this is good for you. It may not feel good for several weeks. Yeah. But it's good for you. <laughs> I mean, okay, so this is what I would say to that. It's just to be really aware of how you're talking to yourself. You know, it's really important for us to know what that kind of internal narrative is. And listen, you're a writer, so great. This is a chance to do like a script rewrite, <laughs> even though it could be maybe funny to yourself, maybe how you're, you know, kind of cutting yourself down or joking with yourself. Wait, wait, so whatever. are you saying I shouldn't call myself a stupid bitch? <laughs> is that a medical opinion? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Wait a second. <laughs> wait a minute. How can I switch that narrative? <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. And I, and I think maybe especially for you guys as comedians, too, I've actually, you know, I've had comedians, friends, and I've asked them this question before, too. It's like, how can you do what you do, right? Being like a performer, especially when it can be, you know, cut, cutting yourself down and that kind of stuff, which is funny and it's part of the thing. 
But how can you do that? And then also make sure that you're offsetting that in the rest of your life to really help kind of balance that out. So honestly, I would, I'm asking you guys both that right now. How do you do that? <laughs> well, you know, it's tricky because this is for me, this was a, a art form that was born out of a deep well of self-loathing. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And, a, and an extraordinary need to be found extraordinary. You know, it, yeah, yeah. it was you know, a deep need to be loved. And I found over the years that uh, what worked on stage, what 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 got me laughs on stage doesn't really always work in my personal life. So I've learned to split the difference. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm still, I'm still really hard on myself as an artist. I show up and I want to be prepared. I'm hard on myself in sets. I, you know, I, 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 I feel devastated if I've disappointed people or I'm not doing a good job or I'm not prepared or, it, you know, for whatever reason. But I feel like in my personal life, I've had to split the difference in order to be a better husband, in order to be a better father. I mean, the mm-hmm. stakes uh, as I've gotten older have gotten higher there are mm-hmm. things that need to uh, there are there are things there are things occupations for me during the day that i have to have my shit together emotionally in order to do well right right yeah right yeah and what about for you naomi oh i haven't cracked it i just am pretty much <laughs> always just like this like it's funny because andy andy that's um that's my fiance he he'll be like like i'll say something and if he's around and he'll be like he's like don't say that He's like, cause, and he's tried so many different ways to play where he'll be like, well, Naomi, if you talk shit about yourself and it's insulting to me as the person who's yeah. chosen you, like he's like mm. trying to play all these little mind games to get me out of it. Yeah. And whereas like, to me, I'm like, eh, like I went to a therapist and she goes, you know, we're talking about body positivity Yes. and how, you know, I'm not there. And she goes, you know what we're going to do for you? The goal will be body neutral. And I just thought it was great that I had lowered her standards in just three <laughs> sessions. I thought it was great that she was like, nope, not going to do that. And so, like, best- except having a body. <laughs> Limb neutral this week. She literally, just I was like, knowledge that you have extremities. <laughs> it was, it was, it was like real. I was like, damn, okay, girl. Yeah. I broke no, but I mean, it's good though to do it incrementally, you know, where you can actually, <laughs> where you can just kind of start just noticing a little bit, right? Kind of chipping yeah. away at that and maybe finding a little bit more neutrality, not just kind of overindulging in the negativity part of it. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's important. It's, and it's something, especially, especially, I mean, consider, consider your work. Like, this is your work. This is how you get a lot of attention. This is also how you literally make currency in your life mm-hmm. is to be funny. And so this is very specifically your brand of humor. And that's you know great, of course. But then that really means you need to double down in your personal life to make sure that you're checking in on how you're talking to yourself and right. really making sure that that's an opportunity of self-care. And I know that's not necessarily the most fun and it can be challenging because it's so different than what is normally happening. And and the opposite side of that for me, Naomi, is Mm -hmm. I've had times where I've been paralyzed right before I went on because the negative talk grew so enormous. So I reached the point where I was, I was paralyzed Mm -hmm. where it was, it wasn't just like, Oh, you're not that good. It's like, Oh my God, you were never good. Mm. It's mm. never going to be what you want it to be. Where Ooh, it's a word. It's a word, Alec. I was doing a gig for a, a, a political organization in New York City. You remember this, honey? He's right off camera. Um, <laughs> and I called him and I was like, I'm so scared. I, I can't do this. I can't. Mm. Everything kind of just, it caved in on me. Has that ever happened yeah. to you? Yes. Oh my God, yeah. definitely. But it'll be funny. It's not always when it's, even the highest stakes gig. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I'll just like pick a person in the audience to make my higher power or make yeah. this audience like 
somehow they know what's right, right? So if you're doing a show and they're not responding and then suddenly mm. it's like, well, you're a piece of shit. And if you can't turn this group, this crowd, yeah. you're not good at all, right? And yeah. it's so it's so interesting because sometimes I feel like those are moments when I would say my brain, it's hijacking me. And it sounds like it's right. hijacking you. Like suddenly you feel like you were never good in mm. this one moment. Like mm. yeah. that's just your brain turning on you. Yeah, yeah. That actually happens to me too when I'm doing therapy. And there are times, I mean, of course, there's going to be times when I'm working with clients and I can just see literally nothing is landing. <laughs> and I'm just like, what the fuck? Why am I wasting my time? I'm obviously not a good therapist. I'm helping nobody, that kind of shit. But the you thing is- You start doing really- crowd work where you're <laughs> yes. So where are you from? What do you do for a living? But the thing, the thing that's been helpful for me is really just kind of mindfulness practices. So really just making sure that I'm not over identifying with my thoughts, that I don't just right. automatically just kind of buy into it as if that's me. I recognize that my thinking has just been a, has just been a pattern. Like it's just this mm-hmm. thing that just keeps get recycled. So I recognize like, oh, I'm telling myself right now that I'm not good enough. I know that's not true. I know that this is just a moment. It's, you know, not every therapy session is going to be hit out of the park. <laughs> and that's okay. You know, like that's normal. And so then I'm able to interject a little bit more of like a loving narrative that's there. Well, like, okay, Alec, you have children, which is yes, just I've wild won. to me. Like one child. I mean, <laughs> humans, the fact that you have to take care of a human and keep it alive. <laughs> but like, how did that vibe with the work that we do, like as a comic, as an actor, as somebody who, you know what I mean? Like, right. Well, I, my Showtime special was all about the adoption of my kid. Okay. So that 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 became my my narrative because you know my as a stand up your narrative is you yeah but um, what it did for me is uh, I, you know like I would get an audition or I'd get a pilot audition and it'd be the most important thing of my day and I would think about it all week and I would prepare all night and now it's another part of my day because I I feel like it's loosened my grip on things because at the end of the day, there are things that are more important to me. Also, you know, my son is black and keeping him alive and keeping him safe and keeping him cognizant and, and, you know, is, is a, is a whole other thing that has overtaken my consciousness. So there's less, what I'm saying, long story long is there's less time for my own bullshit. Well, that Mm. sounds great. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. Maybe I should get it. Maybe I should have a kid. Is that what it'll take to get me out of my fucking head? There it is. We've landed on it. Self-care is, is getting children. Um, I start with a dog. You don't have to send a dog to college. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my practical God. things, Matthew, too, that aren't like, like, hey, because it, it, it always goes to med- meditation or chanting. Are right. there things to get us out of their head, like a long walk or a, you're going to the ocean or... Uh, listen, all like all of those things are great, but also be honest with yourself. If you're doing things just because you think that's what a healthy person is doing, like, fuck that. Like, keep it real. Like, you have to be okay. able to figure out what it is that actually does make you come alive. Like, what are some of the things that make you excited and that you're interested and you're engaged in naturally? And then allow yourself to do that. For me, at times- Watching Downton Abbey for 20 hours straight. <laughs> no, exactly. I, no, that's like, I mean, come on. We know the difference between detachment, right? Like when we're numbing out versus when we're actually doing something that makes us come alive. That's And that's yeah. fine. The stuff, that, the stuff that we numb out with eating or like binge watching a show or whatever, that's great. Do it, you know, on occasion, but also make sure that you're balancing it out with the other things that you do actually have real interest in. And then make sure that you're giving yourself that time. Naomi, you were a New Yorker. Did Was there a lot of walking involved or were you in a... Oh, yeah. I, you know, born and raised in Harlem, still mm-hmm. can't really drive. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so um, I, um, yeah, I, I love walking. I also, what I used to do too, when I was like younger, 
I would take the bus actually, because you know the bus is slow, but yeah. you're getting your scenic view. Right. And so there'd be times like if I have nothing to do, but I just want to be out of the house, I want to just see something that's not my walls. Yeah. I would just get on the bus and just like I take over the town. I lived in New York. I would yeah. take the bus to see my boyfriend in the Upper East Side, mm-hmm. and it it takes twice as long, but it would just be like I'm, it doesn't smell like pee. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, you know, on those days where I yeah. just don't want to go underground, I just don't. Yes. Want- yeah, that's one of the things that I miss the most yes. about New York. Actually, is just like popping earbuds in and just like walking. Like if I really yeah. just want to zen out and just walk, I mean, to be it's able the to do best that, people watching. You in can't the world. do that in LA in the same way. I know, I know. That's been the hard. I think that's been the thing. Also, just because I'm the kind of person like. I don't think I'm, I fly by the seat of my pants. It's more like, I don't like to plan everything. So right. for instance, when it comes to social, what I miss about New York is how you could be in New York and you could walk down the street and it'll be like, oh my God, is that a sample sale? Oh my God. Is that like a play that's going to start in an hour? Yeah. Like you'll just see people in a line and it's like, more what is this line for? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would just like find stuff. And I find that here in LA, I really have to know what's going on. Right. I know it and and it's it. also you could get together with people spontaneously in New York. You could call people up and say, meet me here. And it's harder to do that out here. But yeah. I think that the meditative things for me is like the outdoorsy stuff in LA when it's not 108 degrees outside. <laughs> yes, seriously. Um, the self-realization center. Have you ever been there? It's so no. pretty. No. There's Malibu and there's one in Mount Washington. It's just a beautiful, beautiful garden. Yeah. Um, outdoorsy stuff. And the good and the good news here too in LA is that there's it's there's not just Runyon right like there's like a ton of other hiking trails that nobody's on so if you're if you're wanting to actually just get outside and kind of move around without it having to be like a very specific like exercise routine and you yeah. don't want other people watching you then there are those opportunities too. RuPaul yeah. hikes Franklin Canyon every morning at five o'clock. Five o'clock. Okay. All right, five I'll be there five hours after that. Can <laughs> 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 you imagine? I'm what are like, you out here working on, Naomi? What brought you out to Los Angeles? It was a writing job. I started writing on this show called Great News, mm-hmm. um, which so that was out here. Yep, and that got me out here in 2017. Mm-hmm. And then I've just been trying to, you know, I always was more of a performer than a writer, but writing is kind of what came to me. And Lord right. knows, you got to pay a bill, honey. Mm-hmm. So, and I've liked it, but I try, I try to toggle as much as possible, you know, between the two, but mm-hmm. it doesn't always work out. So yeah, so we decided to stay. Like it was one of those things where, you know, you get to LA and everyone's like, you have to give it two years. And then some, you, know, you get to year two and they go, you have to give it three years. And then you can't do it. So I think it just took a while to get a little comfortable and to feel like, okay, I actually live here and I'm not visiting. Cause I treated it like I was visiting for, like I didn't, I, I didn't unpack boxes. Like I literally just kept boxes. How long have you been here now? Um, three years. Oh, okay. Three. Yeah. Gotcha. And so trying to like, and so, yeah, I, I would say like in all of this, you know, and everything's been going on with the cocoa, I say like, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I'm here and not New York. I think, yeah. you know, I have friends who I can like go to their backyard. I can actually yep. hang out with them outside and going outside doesn't mean I have to then take a dirty ass subway just to get to it. Right. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. So I'm starting to appreciate it. I'm starting yeah. to appreciate it. With the cocoa, I, I did, I was in a state of like, uh, what ha- what's going on for like the first four months. Mm-hmm. And I gained a whole bunch of weight that yeah. I'm still yes. trying to get off. And it's just kind of, it's just such a weird, and also this is just a weird, weird time. And for me, I'm Filipino. So food is love. Oh yeah. my God, yes. When you said, when you feel empowered, bring it to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cooking all the time because You're that to me is like comfort. That takes my yeah. mind off of Rachel Maddow and yeah. just kind of it's 
it's such a weird time. And I think the toggling between the self-care and the self-indulgence, it's a tough call because a lot of times the, the world is so dystopian right now. Yeah. Self-indulgence does feel like self-care. The ratio is going to be different this year. We have to make sure we're giving ourselves a lot more wiggle room. Like my, like, you know, the other day, uh, you know, a client was asking me, you know, like, Hey, how you doing? And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing okay. He's like, just okay. I was like, like, okay. Is the new thriving right. in 2020. <laughs> like if you can, if you're hitting a baseline, you are doing good. Right. I'm okay. It's- body neutral. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exactly. There needs to be more wiggle room. We have to give ourselves a lot more flexibility to do a little bit more indulgence and even overindulgence than we have before and, and cut ourselves some slack. That is absolutely for sure. In I think there's I think there's yeah. an inordinate need for comfort at this time. Yes, 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 yes. yes. But Agreed. then I also feel like but at the same time. Right. And like, Alec, you know, with your son being a POC yourself, Matt, I don't know where you're at in the revolution. I don't know what your action is. <laughs> yes. However, it does feel like there are times where I feel like, I don't get to sleep, right? right. My job mm. is like, I gotta be out here fighting, helping. Like what they want is for me to be bloated and weary. Like I gotta mm. get out here. Like I feel like there's this yeah. like extra onus to really just like be present all the time and like, don't look away, you know? Mm-hmm. And that is, that's tiring. And that's yeah. like, sometimes you're like, that's not fucking fair. I wanna well, rest too. <laughs> this is, you know, something that I've seen a lot, which I fully agree with too, is also that there's not one single way of um, being an activist. And knowing that there's um, there's so many different ways that we can like really show up and do our part with everything that's going on right now. Um, and to just make sure also kind of, and it brings it back to this idea that we can't give what we don't have. And I know that this is obviously like a really imperative time for us to show up and give like our all, but we also really, really have to make sure that we're, you know, checking in with ourselves and giving ourselves time to breathe and rest so that we then can go back and have legitimate energy to contribute. Yeah. I yeah. mean, in, in, in 2016, we were going to a march every weekend. Mm-hmm. Right. It was the science march, the climate march, the women's march, the labor march. Yeah. The, it was just kind of that that felt it, it felt like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's it's so volatile. And it's just like but but it's that thing of like you get caught up in if I don't do an action today, it's all going to fall apart. Right. Yes. 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 That yes. it's, 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 it's actually all up to me. I am the one that's keeping the plate spinning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. The revolution's on me. And it's like, it can't be. It can't be. There's like a reason why it's got to be a collective. I know. I just, exactly. it's just, I swing, I swing. It's about, as you said, I think it is about, as you're saying, like this self-talk and like, you know, being gen, I hate, I hate, be gentle with yourself, but it's like true, <laughs> right? Like I hate the phrase, be gentle with yourself. Wait, how come, let me ask you, by the way, like just as an aside, <laughs> as an aside, like I get it. I know it like makes me kind of cringe a little bit too, but if you're being honest, like why do you think something like that, you feel like that kind of resistance towards? Because I think I grew up with a very like toughen up, you're an adult, like go yeah. for it. When you say gentle, there's something a little, it feels a little infantilizing maybe. Like a little yes. bit like, you're a baby, be gentle. Yeah, because it means like, then you're having to take care of yourself on an emotional level. And isn't that weak? I'm isn't a baby, be gentle with me. <laughs> I'm incapable. Listen, Harlem. I mean, you were, you were a black woman who grew up in Harlem. You were socialized to be tough stuff. And so any kind of vulnerability is kind of like, it's yes. almost, we're socialized to look at that as weakness. Yes, right? yes, yes, definitely. I mean, like yes. I grew my mom, she's kind of, she's like, like when I, you know, she found out I was going to therapy and she's like, what you got to go to therapy about? Uh, What's yeah. so hard for you? Like, yeah. it's like, and I just want to be like, me. <laughs> that sentence is why I'm going to therapy. Right. But like, it's like, but that was the personality, right? You grew up with like a 
fucking what's the point? You know, my we mom. Had, we had Dulce Sloan on the show. Oh yeah. yeah. And we spent, I'm not kidding, the entire hour trying to talk her into therapy. No, Alex really? spent the entire hour trying I to convince her. I knew that it was a it was, there was, was no sale happening. She an eel. She had every cultural reason of why oh, a black woman should never yes. go to therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. And it was and and as and as long and the longer she went on, I was like, you're right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You should get your hair done and talk to your relatives. Listen, I made my I made my soft pitch, but I was not about to white splain therapy to anybody. I'm like, no, if this isn't for you, then okay. Do you feel like that is a, a a radical act for you as a black woman to to go to a therapist? I think so. I also think it's something that I found for me was like a radical act to talk about in my comedy, like to talk about depression, to talk about mm-hmm. anxiety, to talk about food things, because at least I felt like when I was growing up watching comedy, 80s, 90s comedy the black women it was all about confidence it was like aggressively mm. confident i got it i'm a, and i like i'm like but like i'm kind of sad inside mm. where's my person and so i kind of wanted to do that it felt like it was important to say like i don't have it together and i'm stressed yeah. out and to me that that's how I, I literally think i only have an audience because i have an audience of like other black girls and other women who are like yeah. yes me too mm-hmm, i like yes. to watch british crime dramas and like, <laughs> you know and i'm just like yes because i spent so much time thinking i was alone and weird yeah so yeah. it's really kind of helpful to put out because not just that whole idea of you know being strong but also i grew up and i don't know how you like did you grow, like, i grew up very much like don't tell people your business and like mm-hmm. keep shameful things in, yeah. at home and yeah. keep them private. And, but for me, that just kind of piled on the shame. And yes. so I've actually found that in talking about it and then you hear somebody else go, me too. Mm-hmm. Now I don't think I'm so fucking weird and crazy anymore. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And also seeing a therapist and telling them my business and then going, that's it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I know. Yeah. Right. When they're like, uh-huh. Like yeah. When I, uh-huh. I mean, it, unless there's a body in your trunk right now, right. I mean, I really don't see the problem. I know. That's, I mean, Who like, is your oh. therapist? <laughs> <laughs> the best in the game. The best yeah. in the game. Naomi, Naomi, I love, Naomi, like, I love that, though, because of the fact that you took it to the next level, you saw a need that you had yourself, and you went out there, and you put yourself out there vulnerably, and that's fucking amazing. You're already Thank taking you that so next much. step. And then, so then there really is kind of like the next way to even kind of refine that even more, which is how can you put yourself out there and not have it to be so self-denigrating, not have it to right. be so kind of critical. I know. To recognize it as like, you're fucking killing it with that shit. Like you're right. actually putting yourself out there in a real way that people need to hear. You're doing it, especially in a way and in a time that other people don't feel comfortable to do it. So you're being brave and framing it in that way is something that can absolutely help us. You're now a beacon to therapized black women I want to talk to you all day. We only have five minutes left to wrap. I just want to express my gratitude. I saw you on television. I became, Oh my God. You have no idea. I'm such a fan of you. And I had just seen you right before quarantine and Justin Sayers play. Oh, that was like right before where I was like, and it was so funny because you never knew who the guest is. You know, it was like different special guests. Yeah. And so I didn't find out. And I was like, we're going to the Alec Mappa. Okay. That is where we're going. Okay. We are getting our tickets to that one. And so, oh, great. oh my God, this is just a true dream come true. You have no idea. So uh, we, we always wrap up with our guests. Um, if you have a hot message for the day, uh, uh, just a, a like, what what is a, a good way to take care of yourself that you found that that really comforts you? A good way to take care of myself that I have found, especially in the last six months, is calling friends. 
You remember dialing the phone? Oh, yeah. Having a conversation? Oh, my (laughs) God. It is a beautiful thing. And it's so funny how you, at least for me, I'll be like, oh, that person just disappeared. It's like, no, they've been living. Call Mm. them up and see what's happening. (laughs) Like, literally, if you're not in my face, I kind of forget. And I'm like, how you doing, girl? (laughs) And it's like, wow, are you thriving? Oh, no, are you living with your in-laws? Inquire, talk to me. Because whenever you talk to people, right, you realize it's like getting out of self. Because I'm sitting here in my head being like, oh, God, I'm so sweaty and my career. And then I talk to somebody who's like, I got five kids in a, in a one bedroom. What's up with you? <laughs> that puts things into perspective. It does. It does. <laughs> Naomi, uh, where can people find your uh, hit podcast? Go to Couples Therapy Pod on Instagram, CouplesTherapyPod.com. And you can visit us on Twitter at Naomi and Andy because Couples Therapy Pod was too long. <laughs> and where can people find you on your socials? I'm on Insta at Black Dress Comedy. That's pretty much where I'm living right now because Twitter's very stressful and we're talking about self-care. So just visit me on Instagram at Black Dress Comedy. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, today. Thank you, Naomi. Thank you. So good to talk to y'all. Wow. That was great. That was great. That I was that. that was so much fun. That was so much fun. That was yeah. such a great conversation. I yeah, loved what her. a what a lovely. I mean, I, I I hadn't met her before, and then I was just like, oh, she's wonderful. Yeah, that was really yeah. great. I loved it. So, what's your hot message for the day? You know, I think I'm just going to recycle the one I've already said, which is okay is the new thriving. Just giving ourselves a lot more wiggle room and cushion to just chill, to indulge, and even overindulge a little bit more. And then, you know, making sure that we're finding some balance, but like, okay is the new fucking thriving. Meh is the new okay. (laughs) (laughs) Is that yours? Is that your hot message? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Brought to you by Matthew Dempsey. Okay. All right. Matthew, I'm delighted to see you again. Where can folks find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at MJ Dempsey Psych and Matthew J. Dempsey Psychotherapy on the old Facebook. You can find me at Alec Mappa on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can find us both at The Hot Mess Pod on Instagram and the Twitter. And uh, don't forget to subscribe and download. Uh, We know you have so many choices in the podcast universe to choose from. So we're so grateful and humbled that you chose to spend your time with us. Tune in next time for more Hot Mess Fun. The Alec Mappa Hot Mess with Matthew Dempsey Psychotherapist Podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional, medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during this podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professional.